0: Welcome back to Let's Talk About It. This is Jackie. And I'm Megan. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that people either talk about too much or don't want to talk about, (laughs) which is abortion. So Megan and I... This is a big part of our lives because as we've mentioned in an episode before, we work in pro-life work. We Mm -hmm. both work in a crisis pregnancy nonprofit that helps women that find themselves facing unexpected pregnancies. We help them emotionally, financially. We offer them a lot of services. So obviously both Megan and I are pro-life. And And passionate about this topic. (laughs) Very passionate about this topic. Uh, We love women. We love babies. So today we wanted to talk about some common arguments for abortion.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of like we're going to make this a two-part episode series. Um, and our goal is we know a lot of our listeners are most likely pro-life or maybe you just don't know a lot about this topic. And we just want to really give you kind of our Arguments and the ways we think through these questions and problems because it can be really helpful to just have a tool belt of answers for people who maybe haven't thought through this to the extent or the depth that we have just because of our work. Um, And then in the other episode, we just kind of want to address more touchy times where abortion is discussed. We'll get into that in that episode, but just kind of unique situations. So yeah, we just really want this to be an encouraging episode. This is by no means um, to shame you if you are pro-choice or to shame you if you have had an abortion or know someone who has. We're discussing this. Um, this first episode is—it's just addressing these arguments that pro-choice people often bring up, and this—these are our opinions, what we believe to be the truth. So this is not to shame you or to make people super mad but this will get kind of spicy so buckle your seatbelt
0: for sure and if you are pro-choice I have pro-choice friends so they they might be listening and this is a way for maybe you to better understand where we're coming from even Mm -hmm. if you don't end up agreeing with us I know that I like to hear other people's viewpoints like well thought out and thoroughly explained so that I can at least better understand the other perspective Mm -hmm. rather than just kind of putting it off and seeing their opinion as stupid or whatever. Because even if you don't agree with it, you can come to understand the other person more through hearing them explain why they believe what they believe.
1: And that's the heart of this podcast. Let's talk about it. Like This is a hard topic that everyone has strong opinions about or not a strong opinion. Maybe you have no opinion, great, whatever. But let's talk about it. We will never come to an understanding or know where the other person is coming from unless we talk about these things. So get willing, be willing to get your hands a little dirty. Really dig in there because uh, that's what we're going to do today. So I think we should just get started. Yeah. The first argument that is commonly used is that abortion is health care. So Jackie, could you just really quick define health
0: care for us? Yes, so healthcare is defined as the efforts made to maintain or restore physical, mental, or emotional well being, especially by trained and licensed professionals. And why we would say abortion is not healthcare is that, first of all, abortion is never the best option medically, not to mention that it destroys a human life. A child in certain situations can be delivered early. Uh, The child may not survive, but that is different than directly killing the child. You know, in situations where an early delivery is necessary, that is the best option medically for a woman rather than going through a long, drawn out third trimester abortion. Mm -hmm. And yes, the child may not survive, but it is very different than just directly going in and dismembering the child limb by limb which is when a lot of times people would say oh it's a medical necessity that we have this abortion to save the mother's life when really it's just putting the mother's life in more danger not to mention the emotional effects that abortion has on a woman that a lot of people like to ignore which we can put some you know links in our bio to you know better address this and have sources about this But, you know, abortion is not in any way addressing any health issues or helping restore physical, mental, mental or emotional well-being for anyone. Mm -hmm. Not to mention it is directly taking a life, which will never be health care.
1: Right. And abortion also is not health care because pregnancy is not a disease. It needs to be cured. And I think when that perspective is changed, where pregnancy, it's not... Um, and we'll get into this later, a parasite or <laughs> something like that. It's the natural result of sex. And so to use termination of pregnancy in the same vein as medically necessary surgeries, such as heart surgery or those kind of things, I it's not even in the same field. And so that is a misuse of language that is very misleading that abortion advocates and groups like Planned Parenthood have used to deceive the public.
0: Yeah. And there will be situations as well. This is maybe more specific where, you know, maybe the mother does need to receive a treatment if she has cancer, you know, needs to start having chemo and she's pregnant. Yes. The chemo may, you know, uh, indirect effect of that might you know, end the life of that child, but it's still very different than an abortion.
1: Right. And I mean, I personally have a friend who she was pregnant and she actually got appendicitis and had to have surgery. And it was very scary because the surgery and the medication she had to go on, which was necessary to save her life, you can't just have appendicitis and just let that be, caused her to go into early labor. And she had to have a C-section and she has a preemie who's in the NICU currently. And even though that experience was very difficult for her, I think it would be so horrible to look at someone like that and to tell her that it would be better if she went through a two-day procedure which unnaturally dilated her. Instruments were put in her blindly, which sucked out the contents of her uterus and or pulled her baby out limb by limb, that that is somehow a safer medically option for her than to be induced or to go through a c-section. I think it's completely misunderstanding even what abortion procedures are. And we won't get into that in this episode because that's not really our focus, but just YouTube it. There's several videos out there, Live Action does really great videos and even Aid for Women. If you go to their YouTube channel, we have a video where our medical director explains abortion procedures once you actually understand what goes into an abortion procedure it's really hard to look at that and see that as healthcare.
0: (laughs) and yeah we definitely will put some resources in our bio that you can go and look at in your own time for sure so then another
1: argument that often comes up is that we don't know when life begins and i just want to really quick before we really get into the science here um, which we will have lots of sources in our bio because Spoiler alert, the science says that abortion, or sorry, the life does begin at conception. But even if we didn't know exactly when life began, that's an argument against abortion. I just love how people always use this as like a, well, if we don't know when life begins, how can we say that abortion is bad? Um, if there is a possibility that a preborn child is a human life, That is so incredibly reckless to allow abortion to take place. Unless we know for sure that it is scientifically evident that life does not begin until birth, which doesn't really make sense, but let's say it was scientifically evident. That would be the only case where you could use that as an argument for abortion. To say that we don't know, we don't use that in any other area of life. We don't say, well, we don't know if you know, nuclear bombs harm people. So we can drop them on countries. Like, that's fine. (laughs) The logic is just very lacking.
0: Yeah, and another argument that people use is, well, pre-born life isn't fully developed. So it's okay if we just terminate that. But neither are we. (laughs) The human brain isn't even fully, isn't even considered fully mature until around 25. And, you know, a zygote, an embryo, a fetus, all of those different terms used to denote stages of human development are just like to, you know, term infant, toddler, adolescent, adult. Once that sperm and egg have come together, that is a unique human being with its own DNA that is irreplaceable that has started developing. And the only difference between it in a an us or a newborn baby or a baby that is you know you know just come out of the womb that is two months is that it is just its stage of development and if we don't make that you know objective mark there when those two come together and that baby starts developing then we can justify killing that child in a lot of different phases and that's where things get very messy
1: right and it's clearly not a blob of cells like jackie said all unique dna present is present at the moment of fertilization um, and it's also not a parasite. I, I don't even think that this is like a well-thought-out argument so I'm not going to demean the other side in this way but a lot of internet trolls will bring this up that you know oh it's a parasite and a woman you know it's feeding off of her it's sucking her life force. Um, parasites have to be from a different species. And the mother's immune system would try and reject that and attack a parasite. Like if you had a worm or something, um, the woman's body would not nurture that being. And so just the very fact that biologically and naturally a woman's body nurtures and grows and helps develop this life, the parasite argument clearly has no grounds in this discussion.
0: Yeah, and a parasite is an invader. You know coming in and pregnancy is totally natural like a woman's womb is meant to grow and nurture mm-hmm. a life that baby is naturally meant to be there which as Megan said is shown by the fact that the mother's body goes to nurture and grow that baby and I just have to say one of my I mean the biggest like shockers for me even when I was already pro-life was look at fetal models mm-hmm. as early as eight ten weeks even when women are just finding out they're pregnant when abortions are very common that looks like a little baby that is not a blob of cells yes and the fact that we just go and we you know justify the killing of these in the name of choice is just it's yeah it really is emotional but I'm just saying look at fetal models look at actual pictures of babies that were from um like a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy and see what those babies look like and, you know, try to call them a blob of cells. So then once you get people to admit
1: that it is a human life, which I think most people have to admit because the science is completely on that side, there is no science that supports that it's not a human life. Um, that kind of gets into personhood, right? So we can all admit that a preborn child is a human life, but people say, well, it's not really a person. Um, and so I would just like to ask, what is a person? You know, we often use this term synonymous with human. Jackie is a person. I'm a person. My husband, John, is a person. You are a person. You who are listening, I assume you are a person. Um, but a person is honestly, it's more of a moral term regarding value rather than just biology right like we can all agree like when we talk about someone being a person or having rights as a person it's because they have value it's a moral philosophical term so that's what's really being applied in this argument is that while preborn life is life is it a person are all human beings persons and do all human beings deserve basic human rights?
0: Or do only some human beings, humans who conveniently only look like us or are at the same stage of development, do only they have value or worth?
1: That's really what you're arguing, right? It's that, as, that we as people who are developed in this stage, we are the ones who have value, but someone less developed than us is not a person is that what's really being said?
0: And I mean we've seen this throughout history. People have used this argument that certain human beings are not persons. You know, we dehumanize so that we can justify horrible tragedies such as slavery, the holocaust, oppression of women, immigrants. I mean, yeah, we mm-hmm. find a way to look at them and say you're not a human being, you're not as worthy as I am. We dehumanize so that we can justify those injustices. And that is exactly what we do with abortion,
1: right? Because prenatal humans are only different from us. Um, I found this is a really neat video that live action put out where they talk about this. um, And the man doing the video brought up that there's the only difference between us and prenatal humans is their size, level of development, environment and dependency. And these are not differences that should take away from personhood to say that someone's environment where they are living means that they are less valuable or more valuable or their level of development or their size or the fact that they are dependent on others in a manner that we are not dependent is it's so it's it's honestly it's eugenics. It's saying that you have to be to a certain standard that we make up in order for you to have value and we have seen that throughout history it's a slippery slope of where that ends up and i for one don't want to end up there i don't want to see where this could take us
0: yeah and one of the most used arguments we have all heard it maybe you've used it yourself my body my choice i think for both megan and i that phrase it is it's a it, little triggering. <laughs> it is it causes great great anger <laughs> and just a lot of yes, it's a very triggering phrase for us. First of all, all I have to say is that we have a right to bodily autonomy. We do. We're not saying anyone should be forced to get pregnant, mm-hmm. that should not be forced on a woman to you know, to get pregnant to engage in an act that she becomes pregnant. But once a woman is pregnant, this involves another life, and we do not have a right to infringe on that life. And pre-born babies have a right to their bodily autonomy as well, no matter what stage of development their little body is at.
1: Right. And I found this so interesting. You know, working in a pregnancy center as a client advocate for several months, you know, I was in a sense doing a lot of case management i was helping clients with resources and things and one thing that i discovered through a lot of the research i had to do for work was that in certain states um, if a pregnant woman is knowingly taking harmful drugs and i'm talking about cocaine or heroin um, drugs that are addictive and harmful especially to an unborn baby um, it's actually considered child abuse in some states and we'll once again link in a bio our bio here you know just so you can have that That research and that source but to say that in some situations it is a person that you know you can't forcibly give drugs that harm them and then to say in another argument that it's your body and you can decide to take an abortion drug that starves the baby to death it doesn't compute it's hypocritical and it doesn't make sense
0: yeah, and we've kind of already touched on this, but the baby is not an invader in the woman's body. body. Pregnancy is the natural result of sex. The womb is meant to nurture and hold an unborn child. It's not a in parasite invading the woman's body. And I know that this is going to come up from some things that we've said in the situation of rape, which we are going to touch on in the next podcast, because that is a very touchy subject you know regard in regards to abortion Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and you know i I think
0: when you think about parents as well you know
1: this once again goes along with states and laws like parents do have a natural obligation to support their children that our legal system recognizes it is considered child abuse for parents to neglect children and not give them basic um, tools needed for life such as food nourishment, even like in some states, not having access to school supplies is considered neglect. And so our law recognizes that parents, while they are perfectly able to live their lives independently, that children cannot and that parents are there to support their children. And so our legal system recognizes that. And if we can end a preborn child's life simply because they cannot live independent of their mother, logically it follows that mothers should be then allowed to just end the lives of their born infants or even toddlers because they are also dependent on mother for life. Babies need breast milk. I mean, even if a baby needs formula, a baby cannot go make their own food. Like, they are perfectly and utterly dependent and vulnerable to their parents for basic care or they die. And I just want to say that dependency does not eliminate humanity. We should be protecting the weakest and most vulnerable in our communities, not discarding them or regarding them as worthless That is the opposite. And especially as Christians, we are called, the Bible calls us to look after the widow and the orphan. And that was in their society at the time, the weakest and most vulnerable in their society. And so what the Bible is telling us is that it is our moral duty to look after those who are weak and dependent in our community and value them. I mean, once again, eugenics is morally evil. That is not something that we can defend.
0: Yeah, and something else to mention with this statement is that it totally removes responsibility for a man to have any say in the pregnancy that's, you know, her body, her choice. If it's, you know, her body, her choice to have that child, then it's also, I guess, the man, you know, choice to not be involved, which I would vehemently disagree with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So by saying that, yeah, it's really just the woman's choice at all if this child It's not just her child. It also has, you know, the DNA of the man. If it lives or dies, you know, the pregnancy is terminated or not. It removes a great amount of responsibility from the man. And this decision, and if, you know, when the baby is born, his responsibility. And I don't think people really think through that part of this argument.
1: Right. They don't think through that implication. And I do just want to add, you know, working as a client advocate with these women and talking with them. So many women, when I asked them, what does the father of the baby want? They said, and it would be defeated. The look on their face was so defeated and crushed. They said, he doesn't care. It's whatever I want. And it wasn't an empowering thing. It was a difficult thing because it was pushing all of the burden on them to make this choice and to go about. And so many men use that as an excuse to step out and not take responsibility for a child that they helped create and that they were a father for. I mean, if we say that men should be required to sh- pay child support, like men clearly have a voice in this conversation and to just remove responsibility from them and put it all on the woman, I don't see how that's empowering. If anything, it's it's putting un- an undue burden on a woman who might be already going through a very scary and unexpected thing.
0: Exactly. And another, you know, argument that people will give for supporting abortion is that they're personally against abortion, but politically for it. Like they think other people should be given the right to make that choice. And that for me is so difficult because if you believe it's a life, then terminating that life is murder. And that's like saying I'm personally against murder or slavery, but I don't think it should be legal. And when human rights, especially the right to life, are infringed upon, and it is not simply a personal issue, a personal choice. No, when you're against abortion because you believe it's the taking of an innocent life when it's murder, you cannot just simply let it go on in the name of choice. And that is just infuriating to see people say, hey, you pro-life people, you're not going to have an abortion yourself. Let other people make that decision. No, if the reason that you're against abortion is because you think it's the unjust ending of a life, you're not going to say, oh, but I think other people can make that decision. Like, well, I don't think it's right to kill Megan, but if someone else <laughs> wants to come and kill Megan... Who am I to tell them they can't? Then whatever. Like, let them live. Make their choice. No. If you believe it's, you know, yes, the taking of a life, you are not going to just let that go on. And it's usually like an
1: insult right you're like oh you're just a one issue voter and yeah once again just putting that out if that one issue is slaughter of human beings i don't see where that is a weakness to say that i really really care about that and you know just reiterating what jackie said when it's a human rights issue if we were you know if immigrants were walking up to our border and we were just straight up shooting them i think we'd all have a Problem with that because you can't just murder innocent people you can't just murder innocent children and if you have that moral problem with it it does it makes no sense that you would just be comfortable with other people partaking
0: in that it's a very different issue than Other issues that we might disagree on, that people might loop into this, like birth control or just whatever. That is very different than abortion.
1: I mean, once again, Jackie and I disagree on several things, you know, and we can have these conversations. And it's not that we can't have conversations about things that, you know, we disagree on vehemently. But I, I can't look at Jackie and say, well, I just don't think you're a Christian because you don't believe in birth control. That's not the case. But to tell someone, well, I just don't think that you can tell women they can't get an abortion. I can, because I believe it's murder. And that's different.
0: It's not a religious thing. It's a human rights issue. Just like we all together can say slavery is not something you can personally believe in. and practice just because it's your own personal opinion that's how i feel about abortion but even worse because it's the taking of a life you know and slavery is awful evil that thank you god is no longer right and that was the
1: argument that took place a lot during the civil war if you think i've even had conversations with people before like well the civil war it was about states rights states rights to do what own slaves and that was big enough to say nope you there's just some things you don't have a right to you don't have a right to own people
0: and you don't have a right to kill people and uh, i'll let megan take this next topic this next (laughs) argument i should say is abortion is necessary because of overpopulation and we're running out of resources and we need to do this to help with overpopulation
1: yeah so i've heard this a lot i've even had people who were considering abortion use this as a reason why they were considering abortion. Um, You know, how could I bring a child into the world when there's barely enough food to go around? How could I bring a a child into the world when we're so full? There's so many people. And so I think it's, once again, a lack of research um, because the first question is, is there an overpopulation problem? We kind of just assume there is one. Um, But most people haven't actually looked into that. But before we get into that, is abortion a moral solution? And I just think it's funny because in our art, our movies, a lot of our stories and books, the way we tell stories, the bad guy is the one who decides that genocide is right because there's too many people. I mean... I don't know if you are all into Marvel, but that's kind of a big topic in today's culture are Marvel movies that are coming out. You know, we just had these two big finale movies, Infinity War, where Thanos was the bad guy. What did Thanos want? Thanos looked at the world and saw, well, there is suffering, there is starvation, and it's just because there's too many people. And if we snap our finger and get rid of half the population, that solves that problem. And he was the bad guy. (laughs) And he was defeated because that is wrong. We can't just decide, we're not God. We can't just decide that it is right to get rid of certain people because there are too many people. And in most countries, where this is something that is propagated by the government, think China, for example. Uh, This argument is used for sex-selective abortions, specifically targeting women. And so I don't know how you can call yourself a feminist or someone who cares about women's rights and support this idea that we can discard babies because there are too many of them. Because in many cultures and societies, women are more valued than men, or women, sorry, men are more valued than women, which means that girl babies are going to be less desirable. Um, And we do have the technology, actually, you can look this up, to feed twice the number of people that are currently on Earth. And you might say, well, but people are still hungry, like there are starving people out there, there are people in poverty, and I would say absolutely that's not because of overpopulation, though. That's because of several other reasons. And once again, we'll link these resources in the bio, but wars, corrupt governments, corrupt distribution. It's not because we don't have the resources to make food or the technology to feed people. It's because of under uh, other reasons. And we're actually facing underpopulation. So it's actually the opposite problem is occurring is we're actually below replacement level at the moment. So... We're not having enough babies to <laughs> actually have, like, significant generations after us. And many countries are actually encouraging marriage and childbirth. You can see this in Europe um, because they're, they know they're sinking below replacement level. Um, so they're, they're not encouraging the opposite. They're not encouraging people to abort their babies because there's not enough food. They're encouraging people, like, please get out there, date, marry, have children, and have a lot of children. Don't just have one child. Like, have children so that we can continue on this earth.
0: Yes, Megan, you nailed that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this so. next topic we'll let Jackie kind of go over. Um, the argument comes up, you know, because abortion is currently legal, but should it be legal? Is it constitutional? You know, obviously, we're talking specifically about the United States, where we have a constitution Um, but should it be legal we know Roe v. Wade legalized abortion was that the right go
0: yes so you know in our own Constitution the ninth and the ninth amendment refers to the rights of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and these are described these inalienable rights are described as the enjoyment of a life life and liberty With the means of acquiring and possessing property and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. So, right there in the Constitution, we have the right to life. Uh, and also, you know, going along with the le- legality of abortion, the law greatly influences people's ideas of right and wrong. And our battle to make abortion unthinkable is greatly hindered because abortion being legal makes many people think that it's right. I don't, can't tell you how many shows I've watched where they've said there's been an argument about this and a doctor or just someone will say, well, it's an illegal option for women, so they should be allowed to do it. Just because something illegal is legal does not mean it is right. Let's go back to slavery. <laughs> I mean, really, the Nazis in Germany, that was just legally going on. You know, and the legalization of abortion also allows the – Continual manipulation, I think, of groups like Planned Parenthood that they most definitely have a bias, even though they claim to promote choice. And that's something we can definitely talk about in further episodes. And lastly, I don't know how many times I will say this, but abortion is a taking of a life. Have we mentioned that already? Oh, (laughs) it should not be legal, period. It is a great detriment to society to dehumanize a class, group, or population and we will see the effects and damage of abortion on our society for years to come, just as we've seen it in any other time that we mm-hmm. dehumanized people mm-hmm. in our society.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, once again, slavery, the Holocaust, like so many examples um, where this just so affects society. Yeah. So now we're going to get to a little more specific arguments that people will bring up. Um, this is one that I hear often is, That if abortion is made illegal, women will die from dangerous slash illegal slash back alley is kind of the term they use, abortions. So the idea of, you know, a woman, if she can't go to Planned Parenthood and get a safe quote unquote abortion, that, well, then she'll just try and do it herself and she'll really harm herself. And we don't want that is an argument I hear.
0: Yeah. And firstly, just to say there's no such thing as a safe abortion every abortion kills a child and is a great detriment to women's health there are so many risks with with an abortion and it harms a woman both physically and mentally and you know the decrease in maternal deaths after abortion was made legal because of advancement in medicine antibiotics not the legality of abortion right so a
1: lot of people will bring that up because if you look at charts they're like well look once abortion was made legal so many less women died and that's the yes that's the case but once again statistics can be so twisted according to our bias the reason that's the case was because of advancement in medicine specifically antibiotics women weren't dying from infections it had nothing to do with the fact that women were getting quote-unquote safer abortions or that there was great ease of access that actually has nothing to do with that and also that the there, this belief that tens of thousands of women were dying from illegal back alley abortions was actually a lie propagated by the two men who really pushed for abortion to be made legal um Nathanson and later and Bernard Nathanson Larry later Um, if you have spare time sometime just like look them up it's really really interesting but Bernard Nathanson later became a pro-life advocate and he admitted that the statistics they were putting out were completely and utterly false. So that premise is even false, that all these women were dying from abortion.
0: Yeah, And women still die from legal abortions even today. And in countries where abortion is illegal, they have less maternal mortality per 100,000 live births than the U.S. This is an issue that we should be focusing on the conditions of why women are you know, dying from childbirth so much in our country rather than just eliminating the pregnancy.
1: Right. Yep. We should be more focused on maternal care when it comes to pregnancy. And abortion being legal has actually only increased the number of abortions, which thus increases the risk. If more women are going out and getting abortion, there's more of a chance there's a greater pool of women who will be harmed And women still die from legal abortions. You can look this up, too. You know, that's still taking place. So to say that women getting legal abortions means they won't die isn't even completely true.
0: Yeah, and in some states, abortion providers don't have to abide by safety regulations that are imposed on medical clinics or have, you know, direct access to an ER in the case of imminent maternal death. Abortions are happening in clinics that are not at all up to regulation, and they you know, are somehow are legally getting away with this. And it's just infuriating because this argument made that we need to have abortion for women's health to better their lives, when a lot of these abortion clinics are in no way actually caring for women and for their health and don't follow safety regulations that would protect women.
1: It just makes you wonder what their true motive is if it's not actually women's healthcare. So then we've kind of addressed this one already, but Jackie, if you don't like abortion, what, just don't have one. Why would why not? Why tell me what to do with my life? Just don't have one yourself.
0: Yeah, and we've already said this. This logic does not apply at all in human rights issues, which that's that's what this is. This is not a religious issue. Issue. This is not one of my religious beliefs although
1: it's not an opinion
0: yeah although i am greatly you know against abortion not just because my catholic faith tells me to be also because it's a human rights issue Mm -hmm. so that just doesn't work and i think we have definitely covered that
1: (laughs) yeah for sure you know once again it's just that if you don't like people owning slaves just don't own them yourself or well if you just don't like people abusing their kids just don't abuse your own kids no, it's okay to care about human life and, and care about those human rights issues. That's a completely different thing than just no opinion of, well, if you don't like broccoli, don't eat it. It's not that simple.
0: No, oh. And I think the last thing that we're going to cover in this episode is if you don't like abortion, you know, how many kids have you adopted? What about kids already in foster care? So, Megan, I'll let you start out with this one.
1: Yeah, this is something I'm personally very passionate about. I've been accused of this a lot, and I think people don't realize my family has a history of um, foster care. (laughs) My grandparents were a foster care home. They were a home for kids who, they were kind of the emergency home of when kids were runaways or, um, you know were quickly needing to be pulled out of a very dangerous situation they landed at my grandparents house and my uncle is actually he was adopted from foster care so this is an issue that's very close to my heart so I by no means think that this is a small thing so I have a lot of opinions about this the first one being that our society is not quote-unquote overburdened by quote-unquote unwanted children Actually, in the US, there are more couples seeking to adopt than there are actually children available for adoption. Um, Jackie, why don't you read these statistics down here?
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, approximately 140,000 children are adopted per year. Approximately 100,000 children in foster care are eligible for adoption, and approximately 560,000 couples are seeking adoption, and we will have the sources for that in our bio.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I feel like most people make who make this statement don't actually understand the foster care system and have no experience with it. And not all children in foster care are actually eligible for adoption. So the goal of foster care, uh, while it might be a very broken system that needs reform, is that there are some cases where children need to be pulled from a home and put in a different home where they're safe for a moment, but ultimately the goal is to reunite them with their biological parents. So not all children in the system are eligible for adoption in the first place. And if they are, it's more of a a mark on the brokenness of the system itself that they cannot be easily adopted. So reforming foster care is for sure an important, but it's a separate conversation from abortion. Because I just feel like this is like saying, you're against killing homeless people? Well, how many homeless people do you let personally sleep in your house? It's just an ad absurdum. That's not how we're supposed to logically argue.
0: Yeah, and, you know, just to reiterate, even if we were overrun by children of foster care, that does not justify killing unborn babies. And no other area can we apply that logic. Children who suffer still deserve to live and, you know, in quotes, make something... Of themselves their lives are still worth living are still worth just as much as our you know us who have not been in foster care nothing can justify the taking of an innocent life and we should be working yeah to repair the foster care system but like as we're going through that even though it's still not great that nothing will ever justify the taking of an innocent human life and I think that's kind of how we would end all of our arguments because that is the core yeah. of it and why we are against abortion.
1: Yeah, and I do want to add to you know, this is a, a slur that is often thrown at us that we are just pro-birth, but we're not actually pro-life, right? That we just want babies to be born, but once they're born, we don't care about them. And statistically, when you actually look at pro-life couples and families and people, they're much more likely to adopt, to donate, to help women who are facing unexpected pregnancies, to volunteer, to work, to give to charities. Like, statistically, it is the pro life people who are caring for these children and caring for these women. Um, and so, just because you might personally know someone who is very openly or vocally pro life, but personally doesn't care for these people, that statistically is not the norm. It is pro life people who are going out there and adopting. Uh, but that should not be a requirement to be pro life that you have to adopt as we've previously mentioned
0: (laughs) yeah so that's what we're going to cover for this first episode this is such a huge topic that we will have a part two to answer maybe some more specific questions that might have come up in your own mind as you were listening but yeah we just want to keep the conversation going. This is a difficult topic to speak about and discuss, but we should definitely talk about it. Yeah, so
1: let's talk about it.